Keys with it, man! Whoa! He's gone to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rubbed his bitchy nose. Yeah. What about to McCullum? Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. He might try and slide one in there. Fast. Yeah. Well, you well, called it. Out. Let's run out. Let's come on, Sam. Yeah. No, he's going. Sometimes. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you? Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, episode four of the Big Bash Preseason, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. My first guest on today's show is a bloke who, I'll be honest, he's been doing some heavy lifting for SC Playbook in recent weeks, recent years, but in particular the last couple of weeks. Uh, former Sydney Sixers media manager, Cricket Australia commentator, all-round good bloke, and he's just on one at the moment, Maxi Bryden, uniform. G'day, Tim, mate. And it's not by uh, chance, you know, that's what they say. The the rule winners make their own luck. I was sitting on the couch today watching three games of Sheffield Shield, looking after my son, <laughs> um, having an absolute ball. Um, I keep, think I said last week it doesn't get any better than this time of year, but suddenly uh, somehow it just keeps getting better. Um, so, mate, looking forward to another chat tonight. Yeah, the man is zeroed in at the moment. Another bloke who, well, I don't know if he's zeroed in or not. He's, he's been a little bit quiet the last week or so. There's... There's a few rumours floating by that uh, about 4am last Sunday morning, he boarded a plane to India to get on the piss with Travi Head. Cannot confirm or deny, but it's the, uh, it's the SC Spy. Spy, good to have you back, mate. Boys, uh, I messaged Travi. Didn't get back to me, so I still <laughs> went. Um, <laughs> nah, wouldn't that be good? Some of the photos coming out, that's what you love to see. Um, mate, I'm in, a free re- I'm in a freewheeling mood tonight, boys, and I'll start with this. Max is getting introduced in front of me now, and I'm a bit sick of him, to be honest. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to try and get some reactions because, as you said, he's the world's nicest bloke, so I might have to throw a bit at him tonight and see if I can get a reaction. But good to be on, and, uh, yeah, let's see what we can do. Spy, you've always been the kind of, the, you know, the second in charge at, at SC Playbook, you might call it, probably second to the big dog, you know, yours truly. And But, mate, the work Maxi Bryan's put in, not only in the cricket season, but... Even throughout the footy season, he jumped in, he hosted it a couple of times for me. He was punching out some content. Um, Spy, you, you, you might be falling down the pecking order if you don't pick up your game. Mate, if you don't want me, others will. <laughs> <laughs> I take that all back. I'll edit that out. I love you, Spy. <laughs> hey, what is on today's show? We're going to start off with a question, uh, and that is around how we're going to approach the shorter Big Bash season because I finalised... I'm not going to say finalised, but I published uh, on the SC Paper website my team reveal today and I was very aggressive. So we'll talk about that very, very shortly. We're going to do a cheapies deep dive. Maxi Bryden is all over it. We're going to chat about the all-important bargain buyers to start the season, who we like, who we don't. We're going to continue our squad previews. The Stars and the Thunder are up today. Look at the guns, the pods, the avoids, all of those good things. Wrap it up with a few questions at the end. <clears throat> Before we get stuck into it, though, very exciting announcement. Stat HQ is up on the SC Playbook website, our data centre. Lots and lots and lots of work has gone into this uh, over recent months and over the past year to fine-tune it. We've got break-evens there, price change calculators, vice-captaincy, loophole calculators, house sites and players perform at certain venues, player ownership stats, and a ton, ton more on there. So, 
it just looks really cool as well. It's free to use. Any feedback you've got for us when you jump on there, jump into the menu on the SC Playbook website and check that out. Any feedback you've got, if anything's wrong, anything doesn't add up, hopefully it'll be 100%. Uh, let us know. Email us and, yeah, have fun with it. Lucky last, before we do get stuck into today's show, the SC Playbook Premium content, our subscription package, is, of course, available heading into round one. Get you access to a ton of extra articles throughout the preseason, each and every round of the Big Bash season. Access to our WhatsApp group, subscriber only, the late mail threads are in that, all the last-minute team news to make life easy for you. Contributor only chats to the SC Playbook team, drop in, uh, our trade plans each round, our thoughts, our skippers, our general banter, spy cops and absolute pizzling in it. Uh, we've got the community chat where you can get in the SC Playbook community and just give feedback to each other. Uh, also, it also gives you access to our SC Playbook Unlimited Group top prize of $500 to the winner. Jump into that group regardless though, because if you are a non-subscriber, you can also win 250 if you win the group. The code to that, 863614. Lads, let's get stuck into it, eh? It is a nine-round Supercoach season. It's heavily reduced from past years. Now, as I finalised my team today, I found myself, my approach to Supercoach changing from the way I've always played. I've always been a long-term strategic kind of guy where I build squad value, I build, I build, and then I'll often start slow ranking-wise because I give up potentially a few points and a few guns early on. And then in the back end, when you know people, their squad values are down, they don't have the cash to splash. Uh, that's where I make my moves, both NRL and probably to a lesser degree, Big Bash, but certainly Revlin as well. This season, though, there's only nine rounds. I've gone and attacked very hard. And I'll give you one example of that, and that is Jai Richardson in my round one team. He's about 247K, absolutely top dollar. He goes against, despite being a gun on the double, against this idea of round one, cash generation, realistically, unless he goes nuts, he's probably not earning your cash, but it's a nine-round season. I'm like, that's not a lot of time to get these points on the board. Uh, Maxi, I'll start with you, mate. It's, it's a reduced season. How has this altered your approach? Yeah, it's a great question. And I know last week uh, when we spoke to the spy, he was had a similar player in his team. Um, I think for me, a really big learning two seasons ago was the importance of cash generation in what was a 13-round season. Um, and I'm happy to go against you on this. I really think it's still going to be important for at least the first couple of rounds. Um, the way that I see it is that these big money players, they're guys that definitely want to own when it's their round for a double game week, but you need to be prepared to move them on. Mm. Um, and I really want to make sure that in that first round, um, I've got plenty of guys who have got capability to earn good points but also not lose money so that when I'm trading them out for in round two, uh, I can still get all the guys that I want for those big rounds. Um, I think one of the common misconceptions that a lot of people have in BBL Supercoach is the idea of the set and forget. And we used to mm. always think about building up our team so we can own these big-name players like a Sean Abbott, like a Matt Shaw for every single round of the season. Um, but I want to take a different approach this year, and I'm really looking at any guy that I'm going to have for longer than, say, two or three rounds in my team is probably going to be a mid-ranger who can score okay for me, um, but also preferably make some money as well. So I've definitely gone a little bit lighter on the guns in my team, and I'm definitely going to be trying to save a trade in, in round two and round three for guys with really low break-evens so that um, it might be the difference between being able to hold on to a match short um, after round two um, for a loop purpose or for a good matchup in round four after his buy or not. So I still think it's, there, I still think there needs to be a little bit of flexibility towards playing the break-even mm. game in at least the first couple of rounds. Yeah, so I should say I'm absolutely playing that game. I am focusing on cash generation, <clears throat> but not as hardcore as I have in the past. Maxi, 
you know, you're going sticking to that, that, you know, the tried and the tested cash gen, regardless of the shorter comp. So, you know, players that are near enough top dollar for me, like Jai Richard, maybe Richardson, Sean Abbott, blokes that said realistically probably won't go up in value. Sean Abbott at 190 odd K, he could. Um, are there any players, your team's also up on the website at the moment. Are there any players in your team that you sort of sit there and go, okay, they're going to need to go exceed expectation to make cash? Because by the sounds of it, possibly not. Yeah, no, look, there, there isn't. I mean, my most expensive guy is Tom Curran, and he is big, big. He's at 180K. Um, but the way that I see it, he's got an opportunity to bat higher than he did the last time he was out here. He could bat at six, and if he's bowling four overs at the death, then like he's probably fair value. I, I think I was having a big think the other day about Quinton de Kock after our chat with Andrew last week when he was comparing him to Tom Rogers and saying, who's more of a risk, QDK at 180K or Tom Rogers at 187? And the thing is, is that, Tom Rogers has earned that price based on his performances last year. Quinton de Kock, we're guessing, based on a draft pick. Yeah. So for me, um, I'm always going to look for value in rounds ones and two and just hope that even if they don't make too much money, they're just not going to be losing too much. The, the perfect guy in comparison, I think, to Jai Richardson is a guy like Lance Morris. Now, Lance averaged not too dissimilar to Jai last year, but he got a discount on his average because he only played four games. And we've spoken to the guys at News Corp and they've said that if they're playing under five games, there's a good chance that they're going to get a discount. Um, when David Payne, the new Adelaide striker, gets added to the game, he'll be in a similar position. So for me, I'm I'm always going to lean early days towards a guy like Lance, who's at a much cheaper price, just at the hope that if he can get close, then you know that's an advantage that I'm going to have over you guys who are stacking the squads with these guns. I'll have an extra 100K mm. so that I can have an, another player somewhere else on my team. So less cheapies, more mid-rangers. That's my game. Spy, you know, if the right end of the scale is being, you know, very aggressive and the left end of the scale is uh, more conservative. I've been and always have been a more conservative super coach. Uh, this season, I've said and splashed over social media with my team that I've gone aggressive. Uh, I've probably gone aggressive for my historical super coach round one selection. So I probably land somewhere in the middle. Maxi's towards that left edge, the conservative side and, and the cash generation scale. Where do you sit and has your approach changed due to the shortened season? I'm a bit more aggressive based on the shorter season. I think if Maxi was a two out of ten on the aggression scale, I'd probably be a six or seven. Like I'm not going mad, but yeah, I see an opportunity early. So you talk about I was listening yeah. to the pod obviously when I was off the other day and they were talking about the Renegades, you boys. I own Quinton de Kock and Tom Rogers at the moment and Kane Richardson. So I've basically just gone, all right, there's some reservations out around Quinton de Kock. Personally, I think I actually think you're overthinking it, Maxie. And it's it's not that I might not be wrong, and I'm not trying to sledge you. This is actually genuine chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, he could come out and fail like any batsman, but given he's also got the gloves, if he comes out and scores 120 with the bat, takes a few catches, then scores 60, that could win your super coach. Like yeah. my thing is like, let's come out and have a crack at try to win this. And Tom Rogers might then back it up with four or five at the other end. They play a double, then a single, then a double. Let's have a crack at them. I back them in. They're talented. Um, I do agree with the chat around Tommy Rogers being a really good option with that wicket-taking, probably um, a higher floor than Quinton. So I was like, why not both of them? Look, it's not my final side yet. There's some time. But in terms of that attacking guys, I want to attack the big-name players who are on the doubles early. And Jai Richardson was one of my first named in my squad for that reason. Uh, obviously, pending health and getting through Shield selection. Sorry, the Shield game that he's played in. Um, 
But on the flip side, I'll sell Jai after round one straight to Matt Short. I don't need him hanging around at 240K on the single games, but I'm happy to have a crack. And if some of them lose a bit of cash, I'm sort of hopeful I can make it up with a lot of the value guys who are underpriced this year. There's a heap of them. Um, Dermot, Philippi, Kane Richardson, Zampa, just off the top of my head, I think they're all underpriced. If I can get a bunch of those guys in, then they can make up the difference. So that's sort of where I'm at. Um, thoughts on that, boys? And I do have another question for you after, but get your thoughts on that first. Should also reiterate, I, I think that the aggressive, big-name, big-money approach is fine, but I would say that I think the big difference this year in a shortened season is that you need to be prepared to say goodbye to these blokes yeah. as like as yep. comfortably as you are as saying hello to them. And that, that Jai to Matt Short trade is one that a lot of good coaches are telegraphing this season. Um, and as long as you're comfortable doing that and not just, you know, going for the set and forget mm. approach, then I think it's fine. Um, at the end of the day, the, the main thing is going to be picking the guys who have got the good matchups, the double game weeks, um, and if you and if you pick the right one in those weeks, you know you, you, it could be the difference between finishing a hundredth and finishing tenth. I have yeah, the, uh, the same the, the same idea, Spy, with Richo. Richo uh, across to Short next week should, in theory, be relatively a sideways trade, and the ticket to Maddie Short uh, is the idea. Uh, what what was your your thought there, Spy, or the question I should say? So my other thought is. I was sitting here today and I sort of, I'm starting to delve into it closer and closer that we get once the pressure comes on. And I was having a look just in the car tonight before a game of footy, actually, it was pissing down rain. I'm like, let's have a look. And I was having a look at my matchups in terms of loopholing and who plays early, who am I going to put mm. on the bench as that auto emergency. So generally in round one each year, there's one or two teams on the double. This year, my whole starting side is either triple or double and a lot of them are guns. So I'm like, I don't really need anyone on the bench. So... Rather than try to get funky with the loop, do you then just pick your Scott side, play them in round one, have your guys ready to use the loophole who are on the buy, come round two, three, four, etc. And it means instead of having to play non-players, you can actually put in guys like your yeah, we'll get to him soon, but soon, but Tanvir Sanger or some of these cheapies yeah. that you can just sit there and they can make the cash for you. So that's a different approach that I've never done because round one is so stacked on the doubles and triples. Yeah. Well, I'm exactly in that boat, Spy. And I have uh, the Hurricanes all around a Shoudry uh, at 42K, dual position in my team at the moment. But I am very quickly leaning towards shifting him on because, as you said, with everyone on the doubles in round one, you know – if you can potentially loop if someone goes poor in game one or game two, but you know, you've picked those blokes for a reason who are going to have another game to come in the round. We then have buys just about every round of Supercoach where you can use those players on the buys as you loops the following round. So I'm leaning a little bit towards flicking him and even if it means spending another twenty K on an, an actual active player and generate some cash via that method. Maxi? Yeah, look, I, I don't mind that at all. I, I think when it comes to loops in round one, um, a lot of the conversation in our WhatsApp as well has been around there's a couple of teams which play twice um, before the Perth Scorchers do, for example. So it might just be that you could take a punt on like a heat batter, um, a guy like Munro, Billings, even Walter, who, you know, there's still question marks exactly over what his role is going to be. Um, and you might get two looks at him before you need to decide whether or not um, you want to put in someone from the Perth Scorchers for their double game week, or that's when your Chowdhury might come 
uh, in the in the calculations or something like that. So um, I, I'm hoping that I can find some time in the next uh, week or so as well to do a bit more of a guide on um, the best loop players and which teams are playing first more often than not, mm. um, just to help coaches at least start to get their skull around um, who's going to be the best players to loop in each round. I've been uh, I've been India tonight, Maxi. You know you know I do love you though, but I'll be absolutely reading each of those articles as, as close as anyone because I love that. Uh, so you are doing bloody well, mate. What I will add with that extra depth in relation to having no non-players, mate, if you've seen the, the East Coast weather at the moment, how do we know all the games are going to go ahead and suddenly you go, oh, I actually need this player to play rather than um, someone who's not, can come in handy at times. Absolutely, mate. And that's the beauty of uh, BBL Supercoach Cricket, isn't it? It keeps you on your toes every single night of summer. El Nino Spice is a dry summer coming up, despite the fact that it's pouring down outside and he's going to do so for the next few days, but she's dry. I'm hearing I'm hearing mixed reports, but it won't be too bad, unlike previous the last couple of years. Hey boys, anything to add there or we move on? All good. We move on. All good. We move. Uh cheapies, the all important cheapies. And uh before we get into cheapies, Max, you mentioned the loops and the best options there. I'm gonna put a, a big article up on site, hopefully this week, certainly before uh, Big Bash starts, Supercoach kicks off, about what the loophole is for the beginners out there, exactly what it means and how to utilise it, because it is very important. And I know we can get stuck in the, uh, you know, assuming everyone knows what's going on, but there will be hopefully first time Supercoaches listening. So there'll be an article up inside, on site, hopefully by the end of this week. Now, let's get on to the cheapies. Uh, Maxi, you've got, speaking of the site, a, a massive yarn up at scplayable.com.au. You've analysed all the cheapies. We've all picked our sides. We've got the cheapies we want locked in. We've brushed others. Give us your thoughts so far. You've got a little bit of a ranking uh, on who you think the best bargain buys are to start the season. Yeah, thanks, Timo. And, and geez, this is a list which has been changing by the hour in the last few days with the amount of carnage that's been happening with teams. Um, so the best thing that I can recommend is signing up for an SE Playbook membership, jumping in the WhatsApp where we're discussing these things in real time as they're happening. Um, but having a look at the cheapies this year, we're looking at a really strict definition of guys under 80K who are going to give you the biggest bang for buck in your squad this season. Um, obviously, there's a couple of really popular and obvious candidates who are just on the bubble. Guys like Ben McDermott at 88K, Jack Wildermuth at 91K, who suddenly stormed into contention at the Brisbane Heat, Tanvir Sanger, the leg spinner at Sydney Thunder at 83K, even Joel Davies, who's been flown over to India overnight to go and field for the Australian T20 team after two games of Big Bash last year. What a player, 87.8K bat bowl. Not even a cheapie, which is which is really annoying after two games. Um, without any further ado, here are the nine best cheapies in Supercoach BBL 13. Coming in at number nine is Nikhil Chowdhury, 42K DPP from the Hobart Hurricanes. And why we like him um, is that he's this year's Looper Connolly. He's got those vibes all over it. He's down the depth chart. He's behind guys like Tim David. And Corey Anderson and Hobart Hurricanes, he's not that much danger of playing a game and could be a really valuable guy in your squad if you need a loop at battle bowl. At number eight, this guy came from the clouds and then disappeared again once Usman and Manus came through for game one for the Brisbane Heat. It's Jack Wood, 62.5K. This guy hits a big ball and bowls left arm wrist spin. Um, if we get everything out of Jack Wood that he's been showing in grade cricket, he could be at the top of this list. But right now at the moment, we're being conservative and he's at number eight. At number seven, we saw what he did in the one-day cup. Jake Fraser-McGurk 
at 62.5K for the Melbourne Renegades. Another guy with questionable job security, a chance to bat at the top of the order, more likely in the middle order, if at all, uh, a guy with loads of potential. And with the Melbourne Renegades draw, if he's named in round one and their squads are all here, he should be coming into a lot of BBL Supercoaches squads ready to pounce because five games in three rounds, the draw for the Renegades is hot, hot, hot. Coming in at number six, Mitchell Swepson. 71K for the Brisbane Heat. Now, the thing you need to know about Swepson is that he's cheap for a reason. Last year was a shocker for the leg spinner, uh, and he was ultimately dropped by the Brisbane Heat um, by the virtue of everyone else around him either being injured or being unavailable. He's one of only about five players who was a genuine chance to play three games in the Brisbane Heat triple game week. Um, am I completely confident of that? No, I'm not. But just the best avail- the best ability is going to be availability for Mitch Swepson, which is why he's on this list at the moment. At number five, Jack Edwards, 62.5K bat up for the Sydney Sixers. He's a player of promise. He has been for a number of years in their system, but still he's only 23 years of age. He started this summer with a bang with bat and with ball, and he's a chance to either bat yeah. number six where the retired Dan Christian has left a hole for the Sydney Sixers or even potentially bat as high as number three in a team that could go well this summer. Um, if he gets that job, overcomes his current heel injury, that he's another guy who could be at the top of this list at the end of this season. At number four, Sam Whiteman, 62.5K wicketkeeper from the Perth Scorchers, the prodigal son, captain of the Western Warriors, returning home after two seasons with the Sydney Thunder. He's ultra-aggressive at the top of the order, and he's a great chance to either be opening the batting on the double for the Perth Scorchers or becoming the ever-important wicketkeeper loop who is going to serve us for the whole season. Get him in your team. At number three, Darcy Short, two-time player of the year, 67.5K, new home at the Adelaide Strikers. It's a good pitch. There's short square wickets. Is he going to bowl? We don't know. But at this price and his pedigree, he's a fantastic option to stash on your bench for round one. Number two, this guy's stocks are rising like Enron back in the day. It's Cooper Connolly, 70.5K bat bowl for the Perth Scorchers. And after his showing for the Western Warriors in the one-day cup recently, he's a chance to really storm home this summer and become a player whose name's on everyone's lips. He could open the batting in round one. He could bowl four overs of left-arm orthodox spin, particularly if Ashton Agar isn't fit. He's another guy who you can watch and bring in late into your team if he's fit and could make a lot of money. And number one on this list, another guy who has come from the clouds in recent days, it's big, bad Ben Menenti at 75.9K bowl up for the Adelaide Strikers. Now, when Rashid Khan went down and was ruled out for the season, we all thought, which international spinner are this team going to bring in? Instead, they went another direction because that's the confidence that they've got in this fella. And not only does his off spin very serviceable and he should be getting regular game time in this Adelaide Strikers team, but the kid can bat. He's been batting as high as number six for South Australia in the one-day cup. He's been entrusted to bat above even their wicketkeeper, Harry Nielsen. He's a genuine chance to hold down the number six or seven spot for the Adelaide Strikers all season and bowl four overs of offspin, which is a hot roll. And while his stats to date aren't fantastic in Big Bash, he's having a breakout summer in all formats for South Australia and has the potential to be the number one cheapie in BBL Supercoach this season. And that's the cheapies for this year. Boys, what do you think? Yeah, I think the Spy had a full head of air last time Darcy Shaw got player of the tournament. That felt like an absolute eon <laughs> ago. Jeez, that was a long time ago for Darcy Shaw and seeing the price he starts at. Uh, however, Maxie, phenomenal little summary there, and we will dive deeper into those players that you mentioned. And we're going to start at the top of the list. Uh, 
you mentioned a few times there coming from the clouds, Ben Menenti. Now, we were toing and froing and all over the team list today. You know, we were playing around with them, getting them updated for the website. Uh, the Playbook website with all the player movement in recent weeks and ins and outs and all sorts of things. It has been updated, so jump on. It'll be like you've got about 20 new yarns there, which is exciting news. Uh, but Ben Menenti, you've got him currently batting at number seven. You can roll the arm over. You mentioned the signing of David Payne there. You know, they didn't go with a wicketkeeper. They didn't go with a spinner. And it really, I mean, firstly, it's not a convincing Adelaide strikers outfit. That's That's for sure. But Menenti's the one who, from nowhere, as you said, he's at the top of your cheapy list, so he's doing something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like a week ago, you wouldn't have even had him in the best 11 necessarily. Um, but just the way the cards have fallen, James Basley's got a hamstring likely to miss round one, we think, um, based on the word coming out of Queensland cricket. Um, and so all of a sudden, Menenti looks like the frontline spinner for the whole summer. Um, you should mention, with all of these rookies, there's a lot of water that's got to go um, under the bridge between now and the start of the tournament, which is only just a week away, just about. Um, but potentially, he's looking at a really, really good role. Um, he's a good lower order hitter. He's always been able to score runs in Sydney grade cricket before he made his way over there. Um, South Australia entrusted him in the Shield and in one day cup, and he's repaid their faith. Um, but he looks like their best spinning option. Um, and if, it, if the cards fall his way, then he's a guy that you'll want in your team and even potentially a guy who's a good bench stash as well for round one. I think the tough thing with the Adelaide strike is particularly trying to figure out their best 11 is that there's question marks on if Travis Head and Alex Carey will be available for round one, which is going to make it really difficult to understand all of the role of their all-rounders and internationals heading into round two. Um, but as, they've, as their major spinner, it's basically him or Cameron Boyce who have got the gig uh, that that has been left by Rashid Khan. Mm. Um, and I'm backing Menenti, and I think he's going to have a hell of a summer. Boys, Cooper Connolly, I believe, was second on that list. Uh, I said the hero from last year's final, the hero of all Supercoach teams, Luper Connolly, but he's a class. He's a class act. He showed it under pressure in the final last year. The fact that they brought him in at that stage of the tournament shows, uh, you know, the opinion that they have over at the Scorchers of Cooper Connolly He's been playing Marsh Carp. He's been playing for WA recently. He's getting runs. He's taking wickets. He's been economical. And I just get the vibe that they're rushing him in to this top order role. It might not necessarily be top order, but my gut feel is the, well, not, not that he can play. We know he can play, but I have a feeling it might be Sammy Whiteman and, and Cooper Connolly opening the bat for the scorchers. Maybe it's just the, the optimus super coach in me, but doing that, rolling the arm over. Ashton Agar, we think will be okay, but if Ashton Agar isn't good to go either, you know, they've got another bowling option there in Connolly. So at his price, Spy, you know, as Maxi said, things can change a lot in the eight days between now and when uh, game one kicks off, but he looks the goods. Yeah, he's a bit of a cult hero, this boy, already, and he's barely played. Uh, obviously unbelievable in the final, clean hitter of the ball from all reports out of WA are that they're big on him um, as a batter and a bowler even. So 70K, he could be perfect. He can just plug on the bench there. You can play him if you need it, but he's make your money. He also, Perth, have two buys and I think four and five, whatever it may be. You can use him as a loop option then if you're short because um, he might be playing, obviously. Yeah, wait for that first side, but it'd be good to get him in. He's um. He's about 70K, so oh, pretty handy if you can get going, but we'll just wait on that side. 
round one. That's it. And at 70K, like, let's say worst case, he does get named, plays round one, you pick him, and then he does get dropped for a few games. Yeah. Obviously, you'd look to move him on at 70K, but as you said, Spy, he could be his dual position. He's not taking up too much of your cap. He could be a perfect loop once again for us. Maxi, you, I know in your analysis of your, your predicted teams, you have that could come down to, will come down to Connolly and Hobson. You've currently got Hobson. Why do you say that? Look, I think um, it's Connolly's time. Um, Hobson's had a bit more experience and pedigree over the last couple of seasons, but I think, as you said, um, what he did in the final um, with Hobson at the other end, um, you know, by uh, for what it's worth, um, I think has really shown, um, you know, that the the, the um, confidence that they've got in him. Um, I think that the the use of him as an opener in the Marsh One Day Cup recently really demonstrates that that's a role that they see he's got a future in. Um, I think the fact that he's spinning it, the fact they've just lost Hamish McKenzie, the left arm wrist spinner for the season with stress fractures, the question marks over Agar. Um, I think it's Cooper's time to shine, and I think that this he's a he's, he's a bit of a no brainer if he's naming yeah. game one. The other thing we've only just got to watch out for is their third international that they'll bring into the team mm-hmm. now. Last year they had two international openers. Um, at the moment they've um, uh, only got Laurie Evans in the middle order and Zach Crawley who's going to miss the first game. So Crawley will take one of those opening spots, either of <clears throat> Whiteman or Connolly, you'd think. Um, in which case, again, he just becomes a Looper Connolly that we know and love. But um, if he gets his opportunity opening the opening the batting and bowling four overs, then that's <clears throat> as good a role as he is in Supercoach. Maxi, can Whiteman bat elsewhere if they love them both and they want to get Crawley in? He could do. He like the last time he was with the Perth Scorchers, he was batting more in the middle order. Um, well, Cooper but I could think, potentially go middle order, and he could as well. But I think that basically the the signing of Laurie Evans returning to the side since BBL eleven, where he was man of the match in the final against the Sydney Sixers, that number five and number six roles are sewn up um, with them. So the only other position that Cooper would bat would be at number seven if Ashton Agar is not available. Yeah, so there's, there is pause for concern there but um again at the price it's a smaller risk and if his name game one you just back him in and hope he dominates That's it. low risk huge upside yeah the, uh, also the dual position super handy you'll find when you're making trades uh, a bloke uh, you mentioned there maxi jake fraser mcgurk higher than i thought he would have been up your list because there were some quality cheapies you mentioned uh, look he's currently the middle order for the Renegades is up for grabs, isn't it? Madison coming back from a long-term injury layoff. John O'Wells, McGurk is another one fighting for that. You know, you mentioned in your analysis, there's an off chance that Siddle could come in there if they really want to do it, push Sutherland up a spot. They have options. These options concern me. Even if Jake Fraser and McGurk is picked to start, obviously coming off that infamous now, fastest one day, 29 ball century of all time, like the top order's locked in, Clark, DeCock, Marsh, Finch. Best case, he bats at five. I, you know, I, I don't think even at the price, even with his upside, I could go near him, even if he comes in best case scenario at five. Hey, look, I think the, the thing with McGurk is that there are, there are two major factors. The first is that Sean Marsh is made of glass, right? Like <laughs> he could get a soft tissue injury opening his phone. Um, and there's every chance that that opens up a spot at number three. And the other factor is that if the Renegades, which we believe they do, have got the squad to go deep into this competition, then they're going to have to find opening batters in their squad in form to replace Quinton de Kock and Joe Clark, who I don't believe, certainly not de Kock, 
are going to be available for that finals run. So if they're smart, they'll be getting games into their replacement openers at certain points during this tournament. It could be when Marsh is injured. Uh, it could be at other times. And I think that their best opening bat who's not in that 11 is going to be Jake Fraser McGurk. So th- that's the major thing is just looking at that batting lineup um, for game one and just seeing the direction that they go. Um, they have come out and said DeCock and Clark are going to open, but if McGurk's even at number three, then he becomes suddenly a really viable option. Game on. On Fraser, Maxie, he um, he scored that ton. He's only played one limited overs match since. He opened and scored 31 off 15 with a couple of sixes. There has to be a temptation for the Gades just to go to get up top, mate, swing that bat. Like, you know, you, I'll, I'll talk about it every year, but I love that one pinch-hitting type upper order player. Mm. He's obviously made for it. And at that price, I hope he plays. He's sitting on my bench at the moment ready to rumble. Two episodes for Spy to come up with a – I love an, a, a big pinch hit early on. That was an episode longer than I thought it would take you. If there's, not, if there's not a drinking game around this, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But look, I think the um, the fact that we've got a four-over power play to start now rather than a six kind of lends itself to that role. Um, you know, if you can – it's it's Josh Brown, right? If he can come in and just win you a power play, then that's – he can win you a game in four overs if, he's, if, he, if he belts 30 or 40 off it himself. So and I think that's what they could it. be looking for. Like he's just scored 100 off 29. We're not going, oh, he could go off. He just mm. did. <laughs> yep. Spy, Darcy Short, 67K, bat only, which is a bit annoying, but, you know, a bit unlucky. I know he didn't really bowl last campaign, so possibly fair, but bat only. Uh, I have some strong thoughts on him. They're confusing thoughts. I don't like them. Uh, I would like to get your thoughts. This gives me the tingles and not in a good way. Uh, <laughs> not in a good way at Darcy all. Darcy Short, he... I'm very reluctant to be negative on any sportsman, especially at the elite level, because they're there for a reason, their class. The last couple of seasons, he's looked just, I don't want to be too negative, but not very bloody good. Um, the word not getting off the, oh, sorry, the term not getting the ball off the square comes to mind, Spy. Yeah. And like, it's not having a go, and it's just he'd, he'd accept that as well. He's What he once was, he hasn't been able to replicate in recent seasons. He hasn't even looked close. And are we just hanging on to that fact that, oh, he used to be so good. Is he going to do it again? If he goes off and he bowls, it's almost like a fairy tale. So the only other issue is I wouldn't mind having one Adelaide striker on my bench at least for game one so I can get sort of that four for game two. There's not many cheapies, so maybe it'll be Menenti, but he's in my side at the moment, but very reluctantly, and I'd be very happy to swing him out because I'd rather see his role first. Maxi, I... Currently have Darcy in my team and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And it's for that reason that Spy said. And it's, you know, because we've got so many double game players, five teams playing two plus games in round one. So looping's not really relevant, I don't think. There'll be opportunities, but it's very limited. So I'm looking ahead. I'm looking at the strikers, the only team on the double in round two. I've gone with Henry Thornton, who has been in terrific form. For Australia A, about in September, he took seven for 30 or something against New Zealand A. I've got him there and I wanted another striker and I didn't really like anyone else in the team to store on the bench. Then you look at Darcy and you go, batting up the order. You know, I don't know what we're hanging on to, but we've seen it before. Then there's the chat about if he if he does roll the arm over and he has a decent roll at 67K, for now, he's found his way into my team. That being said, 
the emergence of Menenti, honestly, from as soon as today's international signing, I, I don't know if he'll be there come round one, but I can't have Darcy. Do you? Um, firstly, I'll just say it's only taken me three podcasts to mention uh, starting with King Henry Thornton last year in round one. Um, <laughs> Can we just, before you before we speak, Maxie, we both just raised to the heavens when that name went out. Is he your boy or my boy? Or is oh, he has to be we my boy. Go, go back and check the tapes. Last year it was just me and Tomo going back and forth with him calling him <laughs> trash and me saying, man, I, I, I'm a believer. And I can still remember um, I was at my Christmas party last year um, in no state to be checking Supercoach scores. And then when I finally took my phone out of my pocket at 11 p.m., I had about a 1,000 text messages saying, oh, my God, have you just seen what he's yeah. done? Um, which was which was very bittersweet, but um, no, I mean he's my boy, mate. You've got enough boys, so I'll, I'll claim King Henry for a bit. Um, okay, getting well, back to I, the, I, uh, I, the, I'm the matter at hand, I'm going to give Thornton to Maxi because you nailed on the head. The spy has more boys than any other sports fan <laughs> on the planet. You you have to give a couple of them up. So if it's a fifty fifty call, it goes to Maxi. And just on Tomo Aiken. He's dogged the podcast so far this season. I know he's listening now. He's been listening to every episode. With good measure. Yeah, he says he's working reason. hard and doing all these things and looking after things. But Tomo, he's, uh, he, he'll be on soon, he says. He's just getting through a busy work period and he'll he'll be ready to go, hopefully for round one. But Tomo, we, we love you, we miss you, and we need you back on the pod. We're sick of this. I'm sick of this already. Maxie, where were we after that tangent? Oh, so um, firstly, I'll just second that. Um, but... The, on Darcy, look, I think the thing is if if I think about getting guys on the yeah. double, um, I want bowlers and I want all-rounders. Um, I don't want necessarily batters that I've got to worry about looping and form lines. And um, in, in that sense, as much as Darcy's got the appeal of the price, um, I just don't like the role. Um, unless we come out and hear that his form's unbelievable in practice matches and he's parking balls you know, over the Adelaide stands... Um, then he's one that I'm prepared to let go in round one um, and just know that if I need to trade out a Tom Curran uh, after round one to a Adelaide Strikers player, um, I can generate a lot of money um, going down to a cheapie if he's in form. Um, but realistically, I don't think you have to have him. He's not a terrible option, but he's just not for me at the moment. Will he feels good not having him in my team. Do you, do you think he'll bowl, mate, or hard to say? At the moment, the Strikers look like they've got about eight bowling options in their team. Um, everyone's yeah. rolling the arm over with no, the exception of um, Harry Nielsen. Um, and, you know, he's lucky to be getting a game. Um, so, look, I, I don't think you can bank on it. Um, he does always have that point of difference as the left arm wrist spinner, but, yeah, certainly not bankable. As I said, I want him is because if I have no strikers, I'm only going to be taking three into the double and they're the only double in round two. But, again, you don't. it's all good having a double, but if you don't score any any points, that's not going to help you. So maybe I'll rejig the side a little to have someone else in there. And as I said, maybe it's Menenti because I don't I honestly don't feel comfortable having Darcy. Uh, boys, the last one we'll touch on, as I said, all this is in writing on the SFA book website, but Jack Edwards, Max, you touched on him before. Uh, a lot of bias you have towards him. You, you love Jack Edwards. But you know, it's it's obviously a wait and watch the, the team list for round one and, and see what the Sixers throw out. <laughs> there we go. He's a Sydney Sixers diehard, this man. Now, Edwards, seriously, great for the Big Bash, all these test players getting a game in, absolutely has screwed over Supercoach. And Steve Smith is no different because we're not going to know if he's going to get that sort of number three role until game two. Steve Smith only available for game one, not playing game two. Uh, much like um, 
whoever the hell it was we were talking about before, uh, McGurk. Edwards, if he bats at five or six, I don't care about the price. I don't want him. If he bats at three, it's 62K on a double, hard to pass up. How do you see this panning out? The word uh, from camp earlier in the year was that he was being groomed for the Dan Christian replacement role. So as that six bowler uh, and that death batting guy who can come in, power surge, um, clear the field and score those quick runs. Um, we know it's a volatile role. Um, it can go high, it can go low, but for 62.5K, um, you know, that's that's really good value um, for someone just with job security. Um, I, I think that is the main thing when it comes to Jack is that his job security in my books is going to be pretty good. Um, when he's fit and he hasn't played for a couple of weeks now with a heel injury, I do believe that he's in the best 11 for the Sydney Sixers. Um, the gaps in their team are at that number six Dan Christian spot um, and in that number three spot that Steve Smith's going to take for game one um, and game nine, I think, against the um, – or game eight against the Sydney Thunder for the Sydney Smash. Mm-hmm. So he, he could have the three role, which would be unbelievable. And again, in which case he'd probably be at the top of this list. But I still think that at worst case, he's probably going to get that number six role unless they just put Tom Curran up there um, to fit in Hayden Kerr in their bowling lineup. But um, I, I do really think that he's a, he's a quality player. His performances so far this summer have been amazing with both bat and ball. Um, and I do think he's going to be in their best 11, which is when you talk about job security, that's the main thing on this list. As we know, uh, you know the final team list, particularly for round one, is so so pivotal to the roles of many many players in Supercoach, particularly the cheapies. So, particularly for round one, as lineups drop, we'll go particularly hard in the WhatsApp group to go bang teams drop forty minutes before the first ball's bowled. We will be there to chat and to to give updates. Maxi, one last question before we move on. Your Sydney Sixers lifetime membership is on the line. How many overs did Jack Edwards bowl in game one for the Sixers? Um, the way that Greg Shippard coaches this team, probably none um, because, he, because he throws the ball to the specialist bowlers. Um, you know, it, it's the, 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 the best example of that is Moses Enriquez. Every single preseason we sit here and everyone goes, oh, he's an all-rounder, he's going to bowl, and he never does. Um, but Jack's bowling has been amazing this year. He's taken shield fifers. He's done it in one-day cup as well, taken lots of poles. Um, do I, is he a realistic chance of regular overs? No. Um, that's just not how they roll. Um, he's a break in case of emergency, as Tom Awaken says, type type option. Um, could be one or two, but, yeah, you certainly wouldn't bank on it. But, again, 62.5K, if he's locked into that number six roll with a bat, then that's going to be good enough for, good enough for me to think about a bench spot. If he... If he's at six and off the information you've just given Maxi on your expectations on bowling, I'm potting him, no way. Uh, he'd want to be top four for me. Guys, let's move on from the cheapies. Firstly, if you left your cricket on Saturday, you copped an absolutely trash LBW decision. Sam Williams played cricket on the weekend, copped a roughie. He was blowing up. You had a biased umpire. You then went home. You offered you offered your lift up to the boys, take them back to the pub. You got in your Toyota Echo. You realised that you couldn't fit their kit bags, all the empty bloke tinnies in. Well... Might be time to upgrade your car. If you're looking to upgrade to a fresh whip, reach out to Patty and George from Mortgage Choice SCW to get the best rate on a new car loan to make sure you don't leave the boys high and dry next time you offer them a lift. Usually it'd sting you $129, but if you mention SC Playbook, it's completely free of charge. Bargain. It's better than a bargain. It's free. Uh, To do so, click the boys a message on Instagram at patandgeorge underscore SCW 
or call them on 02-9521-1611, no matter where in Australia that you are. Uh, email and all the details, more of that in the all our articles on the SC Playbook website. Boys, the first of our team previews for the show. Won't spend a ton of time on them. We will spend more time on this team because they are relevant to start uh, the season, and that is the Melbourne Stars. They've got the double game week in round one and round three with a very annoying buy wedged in between in round two. Uh, player availability, Bo Webster in the PM's 11 side. He will miss round, sorry, game, at least game one for the Stars, which is a bit annoying. Uh, Usama Murr in the Abu Dhabi T10 competition. Anyone in that Abu Dhabi competition, basically, if the teams go deep into the finals, they're a chance at missing game one of the Big Bash. So just keep an eye on that. But most of them should be okay and be fit for game one. Uh, and the other one is Harris Ralph, who... Oh, some sort of training camp shit going on with Pakistan. And he's not playing for them in the test series, but they want him to throw a few pills down at training or something. So hopefully okay for the first game, but he is in doubt at this stage again. We'll update you on the website. Maxi, you're starting 11 for the stars. What have you got for us? Thanks, Timo. Opening the batting, I've got Tom Rogers, not the fast bowler, uh, but the left-handed batter. And with him, Sam Harper, who came across in the Adam Zampa trade from the Melbourne Renegades. Just quietly, Sam Harper today, big century in the Sheffield Shield. That'll have uh, Andrew Langley smiling. Uh, it was 100 of about 65 balls, so he sounds like he's in good form as well. Andrew's a freaking uh, oracle, isn't he? And just quietly, he'd have been spitting chips when he saw that because he had him locked in as a massive pod. And everyone was like, thank you, thank you. Anyway. He's a good. He's good at what That's he does. That man. Watch the numbers. They were three percent before you know, that ton. So let's see if they go up. Uh, at number three and four, Marcus Stoinis and Glenn Maxwell both fit, both bowling, which is good to see. Maxi, the biggest inclusion for any team this year because you sort of forget he missed all last year's cool. tournament. Just put him in your team. Set and forget. Um, at number five and six, Hilton Cartwright and Campbell Kellaway. At number seven, new signing today, Liam Dawson from England, left-arm orthodox spinner and right-hand lower-order bats. He's going to be available for the first three games, which means he's leaving halfway through round three. Um, so I would advise against bringing him in, despite the temptation. He's going to be DPP and probably at 105K. Uh, at eight, Usama Mir, Pakistani leg spinner. He might be with his mate Harris Ralph and unavailable at this Pakistan <coughs> training camp, just slinging down balls at his mates. Um, or he could be here for the round one double, in which case he's an intriguing prospect because he does hit a long ball. At number nine, the ever-unreliable NCN loves a soft tissue injury like Sean Marsh. Um, but when he's on the paddock, he's unbelievable. Um, it could be a super pod for round one. Uh, at 10, Joel Paris, new recruit, left armor, originally from WA, comes via the Hobart Hurricanes. And I've got Brody Couch in, who I put in today because Harris Ralph is unavailable. And the reserves not playing, as you mentioned, Nick Larkin, Bo Webster, Joe Burns, Scott Bolland, we'd expect with him to be with the test team. Otherwise, he'll come straight into the 11 for Brody Couch. Uh, Harris Ralph and Mark Steckity as well, who they recruited shrewdly from the Brisbane Heat in the offseason. I really like Steckity, and I think that he's a big watch for round three. Boys, we're not even going to talk about Glenn Maxwell because he's in about 57% of teams. There's 43% that don't own him. I can't believe it. He's 118K. He's one of the best Supercoach players of all time. He's just scored a double ton for Australia in a World Cup. I just cannot fathom how... You would have the size of the gonads to not start with him with a double. Oh, I mean, seriously. And just spot. a reminder on, just a reminder on Maxi. It's not you could antipod Maxi in some years at two hundred and ten k. Yeah, he's only one hundred and eighty. He missed last year with injury, so that's why it's so crazy uh, in our opinion. Um, yeah. One bloke who do we got to do? Yeah, one bloke who is polarizing. 
Marcus Stoinis, uh, 116K. Now, he's had two bludges of Supercoach and a big bash and in turn Supercoach seasons. 190 runs last year in his nine games, average 23, strike rate 154, 37 point average. Tournament prior, 28.8 Supercoach points in his eight games. Obviously, with the big Stoin, his role is key. Where does he bat? We saw him bat in the middle order a bit last season. Maxi's got him batting, um, that is our Maxi, Max Bryden, has got him batting at three or four. He may or may not roll the arm over. He has in recent additions from time to time. The way I see it, Spy, I, I know he's had two poor tournaments, but we're talking about one of the biggest strike weapons in world cricket who's just been a part of a successful ODI World Cup winning team. He starts very cheap. He's on the double game week. I think people who don't own him could be wrong in saying this. I'm not super confident, but I think they're overthinking it. I, I, I'm starting with Marcus Stoinis and I'm playing him. I think the issue with this is if you don't want to start with him, he has the double, then a buy, then a double, then a single, and then maybe another buy. Like it's three in the first six weeks. Another double. It was a double in round five. So he's got five, th- three yeah, doubles three in the in first five. five. Weeks. So that being said, I want to start with at least two stars because you want to make the most and capitalize on those three doubles. So you pick Maxwell, then who do you pick next? Might as well be Stoyne. Like he's going to be oh. in there for your three doubles. You can maybe antipod if you want. We've seen him struggle sometimes in the past, but he's got plenty of good left. Good cricket left in him, surely. Um, if there are other options standing out there that you could go from the stars, I'd be happy to do it. But with that starting lineup, big Stoyne, I think I'm pretty happy to own him with that price. It's low risk. All we need to do is go back to BBL 8. And that was four or five years ago. He averaged 96.9. Maxi, he's in your team at the moment. I did know that you've got him on your bench at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, knowing he's playing in game one, um, given the the he's going to score well with the bat. He has that all that potential, but it's really when he can throw in his bowling as well that we're going to see him go to superstardom. Um, so I just think that he, he's a really easy and simple bench loop for me um, in round one, given they play the first game. Now, the thing that's really exciting is that he has been bowling in this T20 series in India and he has been bowling well. Yeah. Um, and without Harris Ralph in this first game, he could bowl death for the Melbourne Stars against Brisbane Heat in game one, which would be a really, really, really juicy role. So um, he's too scary not to own, but I'm hoping that by just hedging and using him as a potential loop option in round one, that if he does come out and have a shocker in that first game and go low, then that would be a way for me to have a point of difference from uh, other coaches and most serious coaches mm. who we know will own him. But you know, I don't think you have to own him. And I think that the interesting part is that the round two by holding your stars players is going to be key because they're going to be guys that you can loop with. But realistically, if he does go well, he's still going to be within reach and you can correct your mistake in round three. Um, in time for their double, so it's not it's not the worst move, albeit it's one that I'm don't have the gonads for. Yeah, I, I didn't think twice about it. However, you're right; you don't need to get him. I mean, his last two um, seasons reflect that. If he comes in, he gets named at number five for game one, and there's plenty of bowlers in there, maybe. But again, not one for me. Bo Webster, annoying that he's not available for game one, dual position, one of the better roles in Supercoach, generally speaking. Albeit again, a little bit volatile at times. The beauty of it is for Supercoach is that 
he'll likely be back, we'd imagine, for game two, and we get essentially a free look at what his role is ahead of that round three and the round five double. So good news there, a bit of a silver lining on him. Nathan Coulton-Nile, 172K. I love him. You mentioned... Uh, Your boy. Yeah, you mentioned the yeah, my boy, the, the ever unreliable. You said, Maxi, you rescued yourself just by saying, due to injury, but when he's on the field, he delivers. And doesn't he ever? Now, I love him. I love him in Supercoach. I love him as a cricketer. I think he's a gun. Career high, 16 BBL wickets last season. Because of his body, because he's getting on in age, he's a special for a, a rotation for the stars. The beauty of this round one, though, six days apart, they're two games. So you mentioned Harris Ralph. He's un- probably unavailable for game one. So I'm really tempted by <clears throat> Cool Denial. He's at like 2% ownership. His last five BBL averages, 55 and 65 and 61. The dude can play, and he's, he, always seems, he knows when he's on a super coach double as well, NC, and he always goes big on the double. Um, I don't currently have him, boys, because I'm carrying Chowdhury as a non-playing reserve and looking at that round two double. I had Stoyne and Maxwell as my top two picks. Coulton Isle at 172K. I probably couldn't afford to carry three of them through that buy. Any interest for either of you two or is the price just a bit too awkward? I'll jump in. Um, There's definitely interest because, as you said, he's absolute class. My concern would be I want to plug in the guys from the stars who I know or I know as much as possible will play those double, double, doubles. I don't want to have to spend extra trades if he then doesn't play rounds, you know, the second double or the third double, whatever it may be, uh, which is why I really want to target guys that I can really mm. trust just to be available for all of those, the three doubles actually. Um, and saying that, his upside is there. If he does end up playing those, it could be huge. But I think maybe you don't want to look just at the round one double. You want to consider if he's going to play the others as well. Um, yeah. So maybe check out how far apart those games are. Because it would be frustrating if you've got 170-odd K on your bench and then all of a sudden he's resting and you're like, yeah. shit, I'm short a double player. That's the only concern. So he's not in for me, but I see the appeal. I really want him, but it's one of them ones where you just go, that little voice in the back of your head saying, this is a bias call, this is a bias call, there's enough red flags that you, you it's not the right decision. Maxie? I was just going to say, I, I think everything you've said about his performances is true. Every time he steps out on the paddock, he does a job. He seems to always do it in round one as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that's about, but he always starts really strong. Having a look at my team, I don't have him in yet. I've got just the two stars so far in Maxwell and Stoinis as my loop. But if there's any doubt over either of Spencer Johnson, who's coming back from, I think it's a calf, um, trying to get fit for round one for Brisbane Heat on their triple, um, or Lance Morris, uh, who, again, I'm really big on him. I've had him in since my first iteration of my team then he would be someone I think would be moved because then I know as well I've got the bowling loop locked in for round two um, uh, of the Adelaide Strikers and would let me have a have a crack at someone in that team if it's Overton, Menenti or whoever um, that I can have a look at for a game. So um, I really like it. I think I might try and make it work pending the fitness of a couple of other guys in my team because I think that you can have at least three stars. Mm. I think that number feels right. So three, one in your bat, one in your bowl. Three stars and a non-playing reserve in Chowdhury? That's getting tight, but Pushing I think you it. can do it. Pushing yeah. it. Um, yeah. Hey, Maxie, with uh, Lance Morris, 
and I know this is I'm saying this is a, a Jai Richardson owner. Are you not worried about that rotation for the double with with Maddie Kelly on the bench? It's so stark. It's really, yeah, they are. Um, it's really really tough. And look, I I think it's just going to. What I've purposely done is given myself a little bit of um, room in my salary cap so far that if I need to make a move up or down from him, then I've got options. Um, mm. I know that on game day, if Ashton Agar's fit and Lance Morris isn't playing, then I can downgrade him to like Agar at like 100K and that's very doable. I know it's going to cost me just over under 30 grand to get to um, AJ Ty as well. So I've got options, but... I, if he if he plays, I really want him because again he's he's a pod. Um, and last year, I think if he would he he'd be over he'd be about Sean Abbott's price um, if he was uh, priced fairly at, at what he did last year yeah. because he's that good. Boys, one more player. You can give me a, a relatively quick yes or no on him uh, before we move on. We are get a little bit short on time. Got a bit excited there earlier on in the episode. Sammy Harper. Now, we know Andrew Langley's got him in his side. He loves him. You mentioned him before, Maxi. Uh, an interest spy. Mate, when the back-to-back champ talks, there's always interest. You have to you take listen. Note. Uh, <laughs> not in my side at the moment. <laughs> I wouldn't even look at him if Andrew hadn't said it. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I know he's capable. I'm not sure that I trust that he's going to deliver consistently, but he doesn't also have to if he has one big score there. Uh, so I'm actually going to pot him. Um, but he's not without merit. Before you ask Maxi or if you have anything else, I'll just throw in two names. I don't need to speak in depth about them or at all, but it's mm. Mark Steckity and Harris Ralph. I reckon they'll be they'll be my targets for the next iteration of doubles once once they get on board. Spy starting yeah, starting Harris Ralph Spy if he gets named round one. It's a good question. Maybe again, it depends on my yeah. I could go three stars. I don't. I like Harris. He got absolutely. Belts in the World Cup, but he takes wickets. Yeah, I, I think I know Max. You're potentially willing to push it. I know you can trade a star out if you want, but I think probably pushing it a little bit to have Shoudry and three stars. You know, injuries happen, restings, whatever, call ups. Who knows? Uh, just my my gut feel, but I think you, you're playing with fire a little bit, Max. Anything to add on the stars before we move on? No, just on Harper. He was in my team um, for very very early days, but. Um, it's just the price and the ground that I'm a little bit worried about. I don't even know where the Stars' first couple of games are, but I, I feel like the MCG is a pretty big ground for him because um, he loves playing. Gabber in game one and then the G game two, so two big grounds. Yeah, two big grounds. He he, he definitely plays his best cricket square um, of the of the stumps. Um, and the other thing is just his price. Like when you can get a guy like Sam Billings for like 15 grand less who's got the triple, he's one of the few guys who's locked into um, those three games for yeah. the Brisbane Heat. Um, I just, I, I'm going to steer that way towards the value, but um, I love Sam Harper. And if he goes off, then I'll get him for round three. Yeah. I thought Billings would be in a lot more teams than he is as it stands. And I do expect him to grow before, uh, in ownership before round one begins. But as you said, Maxi, you know, high upside. He's, you know, one of the few there that he's locked into three games. So straight into my team at a good price. Uh, now, moving on. Guys, the se- oh, yeah, second T20 was played on Sunday night. If before you dozed off to sleep, you had Maxwell top run score. You put a little bet on him. You had Maxi top run score. You, you got very excited. You then multied another bet. Maxi top run scorer into Sean Abbott top wicket taper. Wicket taker. You then multied it again. You threw in the Aussies to win. Real good value about that. 
you woke up the next day, we got dusted, you had no money in your account. Well, it's not because you're a bad punter. You might be because you're a bad punter. Uh, it might be because you're starting to have a little bit of a gambling issue and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, guys. You wouldn't be alone. Um, gambling issue doesn't have to be a thing that sends you broke. It doesn't mean you have to have zero money in your account all the time, your bank account, your punting account, whatever it might be. It can be as simple as spending a few extra dollars per week than you can afford and what your bank account can afford. Uh, Forty though, there is help available with a wonderful crew known as Sequel, Gareth White and his team there. Um, take the brave step, guys. I know it's not an easy thing to do, but I know a lot of SC Playbook listeners uh, in the past four or five months since we've sort of got on board with Sequel have reached out to them and got a hell of a lot of help from them, and it's not been a thing that they've, ever, that they've regretted. So it's free of charge. It's completely confidential. So to do that, give them a message on Instagram at Sequel Gambling. That's Sequel, C-E-C-A-L, Gambling. Or you can buzz them on 02-9559-4013. You can email Gareth, gareth.w at sequel.org.au. doesn't matter where you're in Australia you are. Otherwise, you can uh, just line up a call, have a chat to them, not a move you regret. Boys, the Sydney Thunder. Maxi, they've got the double game week in round four. So not probably not overly relevant to begin the season up until that round four time because there are so many teams on doubles leading into that. They have the buy-in round six. So they'll become relevant probably round three or four. In terms of player availability, Cam Bancroft in the PM's 11 side, so he'll likely miss at least the first game. Um, Alex Hales, Sam's Khan, they're on that Abu Dhabi T10 tournament, hopefully available for round one. Maxi, you're starting at 11 for the Thunder. So starting at the top, we've got Matt Jilks and Alex Hales opening the batting. Jason Sanger, Ollie Davies at three and four. The middle order of Alex Ross and the all-rounder Dan Sams. Got him at six. Nathan McAndrew at seven. Chris Green at eight. Gurinder Sandu at nine. Tanvir Sanger, the leg spinner. And then Zaman Khan, the Pakistani death bowler uh, at number 11. So quite a settled squad. Um, teams looking not too dissimilar to, to previous years. The unavailable players as well, the reserves, Liam Hatcher, who's come back home from the Melbourne Stars, Blake Nikotaris, um, the left-handed batter from St. George Cricket Club, David Warner as well, who should play uh, after this SCG test where he'll be retiring from test cricket, and Cam Bancroft as well, who um, apart from being in the PM's 11, um, you'd expect that he would be carried as a reserve batsman by the Australian Test team um, for those first couple of games as well, uh, which I think has really saved Matt Jilks as well, who um, I did expect to miss out on selection in the squad given that Bancroft can take the gloves uh, before the, before uh, Bancroft got his call-up that we expect. So, yeah, that's well, the Sydney Thunder. There you go. The Dan Sams is, you know, among the, the elite god tier of Supercoach. He has one of the best roles in the game. He starts this year, I think, at, you know, by his pedigree, yeah. undervalued at 162K. Unfortunately, obviously, no double game, but he's pretty highly owned already at about, I think he's about 25 to 30-odd percent, Dan Sam. So without that double, it did surprise me. Spy, uh, look, I don't have any Thunder players in my team at the moment. I don't think I can go near them until about round three or four. Do you back just the the star pair of Dan Sams and start with him or or not? Boys, I'll cut to the chase for my thunder analysis and whip right in here. Daniel Sams, I think I'm just going to wait a little bit. He's so good, but I just think there's better options with the doubles early, as you mentioned. But right on the radar, I can basically name you the four players that will probably be in my side when they hit their double. One is, surprise, surprise, Alex Hales. Always have him. Yeah. He did 
three matches back, he scored 119 off 57 in the Caribbean Premier League, maybe. maybe. But uh, just to let me just start that again, I just lost my words totally. He scored 119 off 57. His team scored 201, and the chasing team scored 70. <laughs> That's a lot of runs holy. on a deck that maybe was doing a bit. Uh, I just love his upside in terms of he's got that ability to score a big ton on a double. Maybe he does it twice. Uh, love him for doubles. Ollie Davies, one of our boys for all of us. Big summer ahead, I think, for him. I'd love to own him bat only, uh, most likely, I think, there. But I still think I'd like to own him for the double. He's class, the young boy. I never let, I never uh, let Hart get in the way of my uh, super coaching, but Ollie was on the SC Playbook NRL podcast early in the year. He brought me in a jersey. World's nicest bloke, yeah. and if, if ever Hart's going to trump brain, it'll be getting Ollie Davies in for the round four double. <laughs> Not hard to leave out, isn't he, based on that? Bloody good fella. Um, Daniel Sams will be in for sure, obviously, all being healthy and whatnot. And the other one, before Maxi steals another one, my boy, Tanvir Sanger. I think I've always owned him when healthy. <laughs> always. I'll give Tanvir's <laughs> boy. I'll give Tanvir. Here's your boy. And I'll run some stats quickly. 2020s, this is outside internationals. He's played 35 matches for 49 wickets and an average of 18 and a strike rate of 14. Wow. In economy? One, in 2020, uh, economy 7.7, pretty good. Yeah. That's really good. T20 internationals, averaging, he's had four matches only, seven wickets, but he's got an average of 21, economy of nine. A lot of that was against some big hitting sides. That doesn't worry me. Strike mm. rate of 13. Boys, he's a wicket taker. He's mm. cheap as, and he's in my side to start on the bench. I'm not messing around. He can sit there, and I'll play him when I need to. There's Starting with him, Spy from round one. Yeah, at his price, I'm just going to lock him in early, get ahead of the game on the Thunder. Uh, if The only reason I wouldn't is if I see an avenue to maximising double players early, uh, and then I can get him later. But, I mean, if I'm going to get him four, come round four, maybe it's worth having one early, but I think he could be real value early. Maxi, are you tempted to start any Thunder players? Yeah, look, Tanvi Sang is the only one who's coming into consideration just because of that price and and the, and the pedigree. Um, he's awesome. He's he's a really really good player, um, and he's a lot better than his eighty three k. So um, he's he's certainly coming into consideration. Um, and look, I, I'll just I'll echo everything you said, Spy. I think you called out the obvious ones. Um, probably the one you haven't mentioned, and just always a huge watch on this type of player, just because we know how good the role is. Would just be Zaman Khan. Um, he is a Pakistani right-arm fast bowler. He sort of bowls a little bit like Malinga. Um, he played in uh, this year's um, UK tournaments, the T20 Blast over there, and I think the 100 as well, um, and had a pretty good return. So for 125K, for a guy who you know who's going to have a hot roll, um, certainly worth keeping an eye on him in round one and two um, ahead of loading up on Thunder players for their round four double game week. But um, they're a good team. I really agree. I think Ollie Davies is could potentially be the breakout player for um, not only Sydney Thunder, but right across the whole tournament. Um, he's that freaking good. So um, I can't wait to own him. I just hope I can get him and, um, and Hales and Sams for that round four double. So planning will be happening pretty early to make sure I can make that happen. Hey, Maxie, you spoke before about, you know, we've been up a bit of a loophole yarn and the best teams to loop early on. The big factor with the Thunder, we know round one, very minimal loophole opportunity. Round two, round three, the Thunder play game, one of the Supercoach round. So Tanvir, anyone who does want to throw Sam's in there, you know, there's only one team on the double in round two. So if you have any of these guys, free crack at them. Free swing, yeah. beauty. 
Yeah, no, I, I really like that. And look, to me, to be honest, I think Ollie Davies is almost like the perfect player for that kind of scenario. Um, you know, you look at his numbers, he certainly loves batting first um, rather than chasing. Um, maybe that's something that he'll evolve in his game, but that's what the stats will tell you for his career so far. So if you see the toss go his way in Sydney Thunder in that first or second game of the round, um, you could do a lot worse than bringing him in as a bench loop. Few questions to wrap up the podcast, boys. And the first one from the good folk over at BBL Legends. They say, hey, guys, welcome back for another huge season. Uh, jump onto Facebook. They've got a ripping group on there. They're also on Twitter. Go and give them a follow. All-star lineup. How many Heat players for round one are we looking at? Obviously, they have three games. They have tended to be a little bit of a trap in the past. What are your thoughts? Now, Maxie, we were sort of backing and forthing for, for having a bit of a chat about my side this morning. You were a little bit concerned that I only had two Heat players in my side at the time. Look, there's so much uncertainty around their side. I am also not convinced by them as a side. I know they made on a, a bit of a run late last year, a little bit of roster turnover, but not a lot. I'm just not convinced by them putting up strong performances early on. I'm potting them a little bit. Um, so I can't have two of them in my side, Billings being one of them, and then Johnson, who... I'm happy enough with Johnson, but there is that injury concern. How many do you have, Maxi? And to answer the question, what do you think the right number is for Heat players to start? It's so tough because I think that there's probably only going to be about four or five guys who are going to play each of those three games. Um, right now, I've got four, but am I confident about it? No, not Too really. Um, I've got, yeah, I've got <laughs> Billings, Walter, Johnson, and Kuhneman. So it's not a lot, but. They're guys who I think are going to play every game. Um, Walter, I don't know. I want to learn more about his role and when he's likely to bowl, if at all, because otherwise it's just 105K for essentially a poor man's Dan Christian who <laughs> might get a bat, might not. Um, Johnson, I think, is, is a bit of a gun. Um, doesn't take a lot of wickets, but he just needs to add that to his arsenal before his price goes through the roof. And Kuhneman, I think, is a class player for 104K who can score me you know, 40 to 50 every game, and I'll take that in a triple. Um, but apart from that, I, I wouldn't want to go more because even just looking at my side, aside from those four, I know I already need to turn over one per scorcher and one Sydney Sixer player in the first two rounds. Mm. So that's my like six trades right there, um, pre-boost for those guys. So um, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't want to go more than that. Um just especially just based on the risk of it. So, yeah. How many of you got Spy? Got three boys. Uh, they could change who those three are. I don't – I'm a bit with Tim here. I could maybe go four if I like their roles, but I think three. I've got Munro at the moment, Spencer Johnson and Sam Billings. Not overly sold on any of them outside of Spencer Johnson, who I really like uh, pending health there and as long as he's playing. A few other guys I don't mind. Kuhneman's not a bad shout, but I just their upside concerns me. Uh, if you've got some other guys of quality on the double, I'd probably prefer that. But, I mean, it's also hard to ignore a triple. Um, unfortunately, my, my main man who was going to captain the side round one is captaining another side, and it's Nathan McSweeney. So Your boy. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, pretty keen on him. He was going to be my, be my VC, uh, but he unfortunately is on other duties. So, yeah, it's looking a little bit grim at Brisbane. I do like Xavier Bartlett as well, so I'll have a look at him. It's mm. just going to depend on that first side and, and who's batting and bowling where. Boys, Corey Blackledge, is it possible to start Matt Short and Jai Richardson as I've found a way to do so? I suppose the, you know, to follow on from what Corey's asked there, Maxie, 
is there an, are there enough cheapies in mid-ranges to start these two superstars at top dollar and get in early and start Matty Short ahead of the round two double where you're going to want him anyway? In a word, yes. Um, and my team has Matt Short on the bench right now. I was, I was just having a look before and going, oh, none of my bowlers cost more than 157K. And then I realized I've got 244K <laughs> on the bench. But look, I think you can. The only thing that I'm just a little bit more nervous around Matt Short than I was when I woke up uh, this morning um, is the David Payne signing um, and the fact now that it gives Menenti probably the mantle as the number one spinner. And that's Matt Short's skill as well. Um, as much as it's potentially hurt Darcy Short, it might have hurt Matt as well. So um, it's going to be really crucial to watch those practice matches and try to see um, what kind of role these guys are playing. Because if Matt Short loses some of his bowling because there's a better off spinner in the side with that skill, um, then is he worth 244K? I, I don't know. It, do- it does make me think that maybe it might be better at bringing him in in round two, but... Um, at the moment, I've got the funds to to, to hold him, so um, I can't advise against uh, doing that. Just hmm. to clarify quickly, Maxi, you're looping short off your bench, or he's just sitting there having a party. He at the moment is mixing the drinks, he's putting on the music, <laughs> he's greeting yeah. everyone at the door. Um, but I do have the emergency on him. Um, no, I'm gonna say you're off your head. <laughs> no, look, and 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 he's my. Um, I've got a Perth scorcher in my bowling in, in Lance Morris. So um, if Shorty goes off um, like yep. it's his birthday, go Shorty, then um, I will be dropping Lance for probably Hamish McKenzie, um, yep. 42k stress fractured left arm wrist spinner um, who won't be getting a gig. Um, and, you know, could be one of those well, MVP said, type moves. Bloody everyone in the meltdown when you said that, but now that that's good yeah. clarification there, brother. Do consider Corey. Uh, if you make it work, mate, happy days, and nothing wrong with that. It is a lot of money tied up in those two. We spoke about it earlier, uh, spying myself for doing it. Do consider Dry Richardson in round one, and then just a straight Dry Rich over Matty Short uh, in round two. Last question from uh, one of the great men of the Supercoach community, Benny Brock, and I'll throw to you this one, Spy, because we spoke about it last week with Andrew Quinton de Kock. Or Joe Clark? I know you're a big Quinton fan. Do you have both of them or is your preference? I do like Joe Clark and he's pretty consistent, but Quinton forever. He's keeping, gets all his catches off your Tommy Rogers and Kane Richo. He's got those mega tons in him. Uh, if I think Quinton de Cock is winning your super coach over Joe Clark, but I also, also don't mind both if you want. Maxi? The only thing I'll add on that is that um, my shower thought yesterday was um, – how many fielding points did Joe Clark score uh, last year? Um, and uh, Damien Ma from the uh, contributors chat, uh, sorry, the the group chat, he did the maths and I think it was about 180 points or something like that or 140 points. So not unsubstantial amount of points um, in Joe Clark's average from wearing the gloves for the Melbourne Stars last year. So is he fairly priced at 140K? He's not far off it, but he's probably a little bit overs um, for a bat only. Um, but, geez, I, I just feel a lot safer having seen what he can do in the big bash before. Um, Quinny could come out and absolutely break my heart, but I'm Team Joe Clark yeah. all day. He averaged yeah. 30 quickly against the Aussies in, I think, T20 internationals and one days. So if you're averaging 30 against our attack in Australia over a fair few games, dropping back a level and keeping, Quinton. What are you trying to say about Ben Dorsch's mate? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't have a go at maxing sixes. <laughs> um, Sorry, mate. 
Damo, Damo. I finally got a reaction. I only, sorry, it only took an hour and 20. I finally got a bite. <laughs> finally got a bite. Damo, Damo also dropping nuggets of gold on Twitter and in the SC Playbook WhatsApp group. Boys, let's wrap that up for the podcast. Big one tonight when the uh, – when the brains just get together, we often get a bit excited. We're going to keep it a bit shorter and, you know, get to bed and do all those sort of things. But, you know, I think it was worthwhile. Guys, if you were listening, you thought that was half all right. I enjoyed that podcast. Appreciate the effort the lads put in. Say thanks. You don't need to pay us any money. You don't need to subscribe. You can if you want. Follow us on our social channels, SC Playbook Cricket, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Jump in, do it right now. It'd be much appreciated. Maxi, thank you, mate. Thank you, Timo. Mate, I'm getting so excited. We've got less than eight days to go Ooh. now until the official kickoff for BBL, and I'm getting in the mood. Already one change to my team, uh, which I'll let the uh, people know in the WhatsApp chat uh, from the reveal last week. But, yeah, getting really excited, mate. So, yeah, thanks for the chat. Yeah, TMV may have snuck into my team in the last 20 minutes. Uh, Spy, I feel like you're warming into the season nicely after, I mean, I don't want to call it a slow start, but you're getting there. Right, peak for when it matters. Uh, give me a follow. Buy me a beer in Manly. Cheers, Timo. Love you, Maxie. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.